Dodger baseball. That's right three. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Mookie Betts. Craig Schultz. Left field. They're going to make big signings. They're going to make impact trades. I don't care how many times this team brings my heart out, I'll never stop loving the Los Angeles Dodgers. Think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to another episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. My name is Doug McCain, credential member of Dodgers Media. You can follow me on the X at Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. On today's show, we have an update on Yoshinobu Yamamoto. What are the Dodgers' chances of signing the Japanese ace pitcher right now? And also, what do the Dodgers do if they don't sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto? Should they consider signing a Blake Snell, a Jordan Montgomery? Should they try to make a trade? for a Shane Bieber, some other pitchers that could be available. We're going to dive into that. Also, what could the Dodgers lineup look like with Shohei Otani? All that more here on another jam-packed episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. By the way, if you have not yet, do me a huge favor. Subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And do your boy a huge favor and smash that like button. And also, I'm looking for that Dodgers Nation comment of the show. And then that is always coming for you guys down below. So fire away with those comments. We're going to continue to check those throughout the show. We're going to dive into those at the end of each segment. But I see you guys already here in the comment section. And we got first from Jorge. We got hi, DN. What up, Diane Schroeder over there on YouTube, the fairy godmother of Dodgers Nation. Yamamoto from Edwin. Let's go from Think Blue Dodgers. We got Dan. We got DMAC. What up, Mitchell Hopkins? We got hi, DMAC. We got... Let's go, Dodgers Nation. Are you ready? That's from Step Back over there, DMAC underscore. I'm going to change mine to decoy underscore LA just for the name of Otani's dog. How about that? So more down below in the comment section. It's a good morning. What up, Daniel? Over on YouTube, we got Mr. Dead. Yamamoto is signing with the Dodgers for six years, $200 million per John Heyman. Yeah, I think that is fake news. Fake news. I don't think that's real. I think... Uh, if that were the case, that would be pretty exciting. The fact that we had some news to break on this show that we could dive right into. But that is a zero Dodger dog right there. That is some jet passing buster phony Ken Rosenthal fake news. It is not the case right now. But we are going to dive into this as far as the latest on Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Because look, right now... As far as Major League Baseball goes, there was the Otani Domino, which is the domino of all dominoes. And then there's Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And right now it feels like it's a race between the Yankees, the Mets, and the Dodgers with the Giants and the Red Sox and the Phillies. We've also met with him. There was a report a few days ago that the Red Sox had offered him a contract in the $300 million range. But yesterday, Jeff Passan, ESPN MLB Insider, my friend Jeff Passan, loved me some Jeff Passan. Had some good convos with him at the winter meetings. By the way, he's a big Air Jordan shoe guy. He's a big Jordan 4 guy. Didn't see that. But uh, love me some Jeff Passan. And Passan reported yesterday that the bidding hadn't begun with him. Be warned that once you pick up a refreshingly cold drink from McDonald's and people see just how refreshingly cold that drink from McDonald's is, you may create drink envy because there are drinks 
Then there are drinks from McDonald's. For a morning brew that really creates a stir, get any size iced coffee, including caramel and French vanilla, for just 99 cents before 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. And it remains to be seen. But the reality is that a few months ago, it looked like it was going to be 200 to 250 million for Yamamoto. But with the way the market has continued to evolve, it's probably going to be upwards of 300 million. That is going to be the price range for him. If you want him pitching for your team, the ace level pitcher, what a 121 ERA last season, who will day one have the best fork ball in the league. You can throw 99 miles per hour with pristine command and keeps the ball in the yard. Also, there's the unknown factor. Teams haven't faced Yamamoto consistently, and that could definitely help a team like the Dodgers in year one in the postseason when you don't have tons of at-bats against this guy. So that, to me, carries a lot of weight and has a lot of value as well. But the most recent update, of course, is from John Morosi. So John Morosi, my friend John Morosi, who he writes that regarding Yamamoto, it feels like the Yankees, the pinstripes, have the edge right now. Yamamoto is said to have visited the Yankees and the Mets. Of course, Stephen Cohen, he had a dinner with him at his house in Connecticut. Apparently his Stephen Cohen's house in Connecticut is just absolutely insane. It's a very extravagant mansion. And you had the Mets contingency there. The Mets have gone to Japan to visit with him, have dinner, Brian Cashman and the Yankees had a scout at every single one of his starts. So both New York heavyweights have been heavily involved in trying to woo him not just in the last couple of weeks, but in the last year. And John Morosi writes, getting closer on the Yamamoto signing, we do expect that he will sign before the end of the calendar year and indeed very likely before the end of this week. He now has, I think, a very good picture of where the greatest interest is. I said on the show yesterday that the Yankees are viewed by many as the front runner, and I still think that that is the case. He'll go on to say... In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. It would take, I believe, a tremendous offer from either the New York Mets or Los Angeles Dodgers to pull him away from the Yankees, just given his longstanding connection and affinity there. So that's from John Morosi. So you know what that means? That means Yamamoto is on a plane heading for Toronto and that that will probably end up being Mark Cuban, another guest on Shark Tank, another host on Shark Tank. Okay, I kid. Just a little little joke there, John Morosi. No, nothing personal right there. He owned up to it. But right now it does feel like the Yankees have the inside track, that they're in the driver's seat. And I think you look at the Yankees. I've spoke to some insiders. That is the team is most consistently mentioned as where he's ultimately going to sign. Now, of course, you got Matsui, you got Tanaka, you got players that have been involved in his recruitment there. And then the biggest factor to me is, well, does he want to play in the shadow of Shohei Otani? Like I said yesterday, he could throw three 
straight perfect games. He could win two straight Cy Youngs. He could win the World Series MVP, and it would still be about Shohei Otani because Shohei Otani might be the best baseball player to ever walk this earth. So that's definitely a factor. I mean, look at Kobe Bryant. He wanted to get traded away. He wanted Shaq traded away, so he'd have to be in his shadow. I mean, certain players, yes, there is a camaraderie. Yes, there's that, but still... It's definitely something that they're going to consider. By the way, I want to welcome in our new Instagram audience. And our Instagram audience, we're working on the format here for Instagram. we got a plug-in to fix that. But if you do want to head over to YouTube, definitely watch the full version of the show at YouTube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. The number one Dodgers show on YouTube here, Dodgers Dugout Live. By the way, I did speak with, I was messaging Tyler Glasnow and Tyler Glasnow, the newest Dodgers ace pitcher, is going to be on the show later this week. So continuing to lock down a time for that. So that should be very exciting. If you want to see me ask a question, just uh, throw some stuff out there. My daily dose of DMAC. What up, Rose, over there on YouTube? Appreciate you as always. By the way, I'm looking for that comment of the day. If I see one of those, we see one of these. We got what up, BC. We got a good morning, Teresa. Let's go, Dodgers. We got uh, bring back Homer Bailey, a Dougie freshman Cobra commander, more ground than a Roomba in a mansion. There you go, Don Kim. He's an old friend of the show. That was Cody Bellinger. Co Cody Bellinger covers more ground than a Roomba in a mansion. I love that one. We got uh, no thanks on Snell, Doc CT. Like I said, a lot of the things that we've said on this show have came true. And the mo one of the most recent when you say Blake Snell, we had... Um, a report out there. The Dodgers weren't interested in Snell. And I think it makes a lot of sense, but Abe, I had a dream. We got married, Doug. <laughs> that's a very interesting, interesting uh, dream you had right there. I don't know if that, that sounds like more like a nightmare <laughs> that you got married to me. So uh, we got uh, Shohei, the money from Cobra commander. That's a, you win. That's a comment of the day from Cobra commander. there over on YouTube. Brian Gomez Perfect. taking my lunch break and giving myself an hour long. D Mac is on. What up, Brian Gomez, Rudy Parha. So if we don't win the world series next year, what's happening to Roberts? That's from Rudy Parga. So like I said, we're going to continue to dive in to what the Dodgers should do if they don't sign Yamamoto, but I will take some questions here. And that's an interesting topic that we might have to dive into a little deeper in another episode, but I have a couple thoughts on that. And I will say this. Dave Roberts, win percentage, where he's at right now, regular season, there's been no one better, American League or National League. If you look at the consistency, 100 win seasons, this is someone who's won a World Series. He's gone to multiple World Series, but there's going to be a lot of pressure. And the way the roster is starting to get constructed, there's not much room for change, significant change, unless you're looking at changing coaching because we know Andrew Friedman isn't going anywhere because it's in his Otani's contract that if Friedman goes anywhere, he can get out of that contract. So Friedman, he essentially got himself a 10 year extension, but Dave Roberts wasn't included in that. So if they're going to make a change, if they do disappoint, let's say the Dodgers win 110 games and they don't perform well in the postseason, and it's an early exit I think that that seat's going to get hot. The hot seat is going to be real for Dave Roberts. I personally, I was asked this question yesterday by my friend, Mr. Casey Porter from Dodgers daily that asked me, is this, is next year world series or bust? Is it world series or bust? And my answer was, I don't look at next year as world series or bust. It would be extremely disappointing. 
I think you absolutely want to, at the very least, get to the CS, the World Series, and those are the expectations, right? The season will only be a success if they win a World Series, but I look at the era. It's the Otani era, and as long as they're winning World Series titles in his prime, whether it be the year after next year, the year after that, if you win multiple World Series in the Otani era, that's how you could deem it a success and not a bust. But I think it's tough to put that on one year in Major League Baseball. What's up, DMAC? DMAC's number one fan. Thanks. Appreciate you, my guy. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a you win. We got just in time. We two right-handed. Yeah, absolutely needed to add another right-handed bat. Agree with you 100%, even with Margot. What up, DMAC from Aaron over there? What's up, Metabolic? Let's go down below. Checking in from Cincinnati. Let's go, Dodgers. Let's go, Dodgers. Dun, 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 dun. Terry Davis, good afternoon from Columbus. O-H-I-O. There you go. Um's oh, a Buckeye. She's all about that. Hey, dudes, we ain't getting him. That's from Adam over there. We got Deegan Yamamoto looking for the highest bidder, not looking to win. Focus on other pitchers. That's from Deegan. If that's the case, then probably would assume that the Mets would end up with him. Because let's not forget, Stephen Cohen, he's got F.U. money. Stephen Cohen is like the Jeff Bezos of baseball. That's what I call him. He's the 94th richest man on the planet. Hal, Steinbrecher, Hal Steinbrenner is in the 2000s. So not saying he's poor or anything like that, but uh, there's levels to this. And Stephen Cohen is at that top level. And if he wants to pay big, he absolutely can. And I'd love to see Yamamoto wear blue. I am fine with two fallback options instead. Nando 390, how many escorts, Nando? That's a bro. I have to bro. cut that one off right there. But, you know, I appreciate your humor, as always, here on Dodgers Dugout Live. What up, Marshall? Hello, DMAC. Doug, you're the man. You're the man. D underscore Nation Live. Appreciate you rocking with us. For our new viewers, by the way, definitely welcome to the channel. We appreciate you. His agent is running up the number. Dino's, he's being a good agent, right? That's their job is to get their, their clients the biggest contract they possibly can get. So I don't see any problem with that. DMAC carrying. What up, Armando? As always, rock with us. Appreciate you. You aren't going to win them all. That's from D underscore nation. Agree with that. And sometimes the best signings are the ones that you don't make. DMAC, give me some thoughts on Sean Manaya. We could talk some Sean Manaya in a little bit. And I think with Sean Manaya, you look at how he ended the season. You look at towards the end of the year, he really turned some things around. As far as contractually, he is someone that kind of makes sense as a Dodgers low cost innings eater type pitcher if you're looking to add depth he's not someone's going to move the needle and be a games one two or three starting pitcher but shamanaya is a name that i believe it was mlb trade rumors that had shamanaya going to the dodgers i think it was just i remember reading the list when it first dropped a few weeks ago and that really stood out to me is that yeah they had shamanaya going to la and he's someone that look i'll get into the topic of do the Dodgers need a left-handed pitcher in a second here? The reality is, though, Manai is a lefty, and if you want to satisfy that, he's someone last year, if you look at the numbers, they're not fantastic, right? A 444 ERA, 117 and two-thirds innings, a 1241 whip. But if you look at how he finished the season, he performed a lot better towards the end. He had a 343 ERA in the second half of the year and over 60 innings of work compared to the first half, a 549 ERA. So Manaya is not going to move the needle at all, but he is a very interesting name that if you're looking to add some depth at the right price, I could totally see them going that route. 
So, Samoa, here we got 499 Super Chat. You get a comment of the day button here for there. D-Mac, should we be worried that there's a reported second meeting for both New York teams and the Dodgers have had their initial meeting with Yamamoto? Good question. I think that if the Dodgers are finalists, then presumably they will also get a second meeting. And I'll tell you one thing, that the Yankees and Mets, their second meeting, you know what it didn't include? Their second meeting didn't include Shohei Otani which is the guy who was in the first meeting, who was present there alongside Will Smith and Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. And you had Yamamoto wearing a number 18 Dodgers uniform there in Dodgers vision. So I'm sure that the Dodgers have sold him on their vision. And they've told Yamamoto, okay, we need an ace. We need a number one. We think you can be that guy. And if Yamamoto wants to be a Dodger, I said on yesterday's show, if he wants to be a Dodger and he's okay playing in Otani's shadow and his preference is Los Angeles over New York, from a financial standpoint, they can find a way to make it work. Because if you're Otani and you had the deferred money, 97% of your contract deferred until 2034, that's not going to sit well with Otani from an optic standpoint saying, okay, you saved us, uh, I saved you a lot of money, and then you're not willing to match the pitcher offer that I put myself out on the line to try to recruit. So I do think from a financial standpoint that the Dodgers could absolutely afford Yamamoto. So it's to me, it's going to come down to, does he want to be in New York? Does he want to be in LA? Does he want to be in Otani's shadow? Does he want to be on the pinstripes or does he want to wear Dodger blue? And that's kind of the big question. Now I do think that LA will have a second meeting You've heard a lot of talk that they're still very aggressive towards trying to pursue him. But based on a lot of people you talk to, New York and the Yankees most specifically have the inside track right now. But D-Mac, you're the best. Let's go Dodgers. Thanks, OC Castillo 100. Yoshi to LA, Kid Boo. Look, I love, look, I want Yamamoto in LA badly. You guys know I've been talking about this show literally for months now. I mean, I think you bring another pitcher that they need. And from a contractual standpoint, if you sign him for $300 million, you're probably going to have an opt-out there when he's around 29, 30. They'll allow him to re-enter the market, so that contract probably won't even be as big as Blake Snell's at the end of the day. Truly, I do want to see that. And look, at this point, let's get greedy, okay? Like I said, our parents had a great year, lots of big presents under the Christmas tree. We got the big one with Otani, but I think we need to open one more, and that's another frontline starting pitcher. And I'm hoping that's Yamamoto, but it does feel like the momentum is heading in a different direction. Ronald says Snell to the Giants. Could see it. Could absolutely see that. I think that's a pretty solid prediction right there. 2025 is, quote, the year. That's from Dino's 5150. Hashtag fire Dave Roberts. The fire take because he said fire Dave Roberts, and we can't have a show without a fire Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts, no excuse with he doesn't if he doesn't win the World Series. That's from Showtime fans. We got Andrew. 2020 is invalid. Stop saying we won. Ouch. Hey, like uh, you heard Friedman say, they won a parade, and I think that's the goal. And you also heard the organization say, or it was, oh, you heard Otani say what the organization told him during the pitch meeting is that the last decade, even though they did win that World Series and made multiple World Series appearances and made the postseason every year, that they considered that a failure. So the reality is that you're on the same page with the organization. They're not satisfied either. I still believe in Tim Anderson. Maybe we'll talk about him later. 
But let's jump into some more of these options. So Yamamoto, that's plan A. Because one, you could get him on a contract that I think ultimately would be a deal where if he performs up to expectations and realizes his potential, and he's the guy who's the Sawamura winner, the Cy Young winner in Japan, the MVP in Japan, if that translates, which I think it will, I think he'll opt out during the course of that deal. So that's the best case scenario because you're not having to part ways with any of these prospects. You can just add him by paying him. But if that's not the case, I do think the Dodgers' next best option isn't through free agency. I think it's through the trade market. Now, I love Jordan Montgomery. I love Monty. He's someone that absolutely earned himself a nine-figure contract with the success he had with the Texas Rangers and the consistency that he's had. Now, I wouldn't consider Blake Snell at 200 plus million. Montgomery is the one that I might consider at that price. I sort of could talk myself into it, but I don't love the idea because he's going to be turning 31 next season. And he's someone that, yeah, he was phenomenal in the postseason. He had a, a 290 ERA in the postseason, a 390 FIP in 31 innings. If you look at the year he had last year, in 188 and two-thirds, he had a 320 ERA, a 356 FIP, 4.3 war. I mean, he's someone that absolutely was productive, but he doesn't do one particular thing great. He doesn't break radar guns and throw triple-digit heat. He does miss bats occasionally, gets whiffs occasionally, but the strikeout rate is at 21.4%. That was actually, for a full season, the lowest in his career. Since he did go exclusively to that sinker, the fastball effectiveness has increased. But for me, I think you look at his biggest strengths, it's this guy can induce ground balls and soft contact at an elite level. Like I said, he doesn't miss time. He posts. He stays healthy, so that's definitely good. But what he has in common with Blake Snell is because of the performance he had in the regular season, the postseason, and the fact he's a Scott Boris client, he is going to get himself a nice payday where you might be overpaying for him. Like I said with Tyler Glasnow, with the money saved with Otani, you can almost look at that as a two-for-one deal, Otani and Glasnow, for that money saved. And if Glasnow has one to two elite seasons, you're already paying for yourself and you're paying below market for what he could be getting. If Glasnow had a really good year next year, 130, 140 innings pitched, put up the same stats and peripherals. You could easily get a $200 million contract. That's how good he is, except he's on a deal where you got $110 million around in new money, $136.5 million deal. So that's where the value is. Jordan Montgomery on the other side, though, he is in free agency, has momentum, is set himself up for a nice payday. So you could be in an overpaying situation. So, other than Yamamoto, I'm not trying to spend big on Snell or Montgomery. I'm going the trade route. Now, we've talked a lot about Dylan Cease, and I still think Cease makes a lot of sense. It was reported that the White Sox were interested in Ryan Pepio. Pepio's now in Tampa Bay. Talked to him a few days ago. He's doing great. He's excited about his new opportunity. But with that said... Dodgers still have a surplus of pitching at the minor league level. I'm sure there's other pitchers they could use to get a deal done if talks got serious between L.A. and Chicago for Dylan Cease. And look, just kind of in a nutshell here, Cease, really great a few years ago, 220 ERA, but that was his only elite season. So the question is, was that an outlier season? He's under two years of team control, so the prospect capital cost is going to be high. 
it does feel like the Braves, they have momentum, especially because the Braves, they were in on Tyler Glass now towards the end. So they're looking at a frontline starter. He's from Georgia. So I'm pretty sure the Braves will trade for Dylan Cease and get him to agree to a five-year, $6 million contract where he has to make some public appearances at their foundation every year. And that's about it, right? Atlanta finds a way to get those deals done. But let's say they can't pull off the deal for Dylan Cease. Well, what about Jesus Luzardo? And a lot of you guys have been asking me about him the last couple of days. And before we get into that, do you need to go and get a left-handed pitcher? Because Julio Arias, he's gone. Clayton Kershaw, he's absolutely at the very least gone until the end of next summer. They still have to even sign him to have him back. But outside of that, you got not a ton of options, right? As far as who you can go get as far as lefties. I mean, just in general, lefties don't go grow on trees. And we've seen this organization have a heavy left-handed rotation in the past. You also have Ryan Yarbrough coming back. For some reason, no one mentions Ryan Yarbrough, but he's not someone that's going to carry the rotation or anything like that. But if you look at that, Jesus Luzardo, he's the hardest throwing lefty starting pitcher out there. I mean, if you look at that fastball, it's actually faster and he throws harder than Tyler Glasnow. So from that standpoint, just imagine that power rotation where you got Glasnow. He's he can pump it up to 100. Bobby Miller, pump it up to 100. You got Otani in 2025. He can absolutely hit triple digits. You got Emmett Sheehan. People still say even though he doesn't hit the same velocity as Miller, that it's the best, most explosive four-seamer in the organization. And then if you were to add a Jesus Luzardo, his fastball run value is at 15. It's in the 95th percentile. His Four-seam average is 96.7 miles per hour. That's in the 90th percentile. If you look at the chase percentage, 77th percentile, whip percentage, 86th percentile, strikeout rate, 82nd percentile. What he does elite is he misses bats. He punches guys out. He has high velocity. The expected ERA isn't fantastic. The walk rate above average. What he does, if you want to poke a negative, spot the pimple on a model, you would point out the barrel percentage, hard hit percentage, and ground ball percentage are all below average. So those are kind of the pros and cons. Now, as far as how much he would cost, he's controllable for three more years. So three years of team control. So it's similar to what we were talking about with Randy Rosarena, whereas the more team control they're under, the more expensive they're going to be. But there's a lot of talk that he isn't untouchable. He's not like a Yuri Perez who they're not looking to move. There was some talk a few weeks ago that of all teams, the Kansas city Royals were in talks with the Marlins for first baseman DH Vinny Pascantino for Jesus Luzardo. And that was a deal that was discussed during the winter meeting. So if those are the types of prospects that are being discussed, absolutely. If he does become more available, the Dodgers could get in the mix performance and production. So I do think it's interesting. Last couple of seasons, a 125 ERA plus. This is someone who, if you're going to point out another con, has had a little bit of durability issues. He's coming off a year where he had a career high in starts, 32, 178 and two-thirds innings. And you look at that four-seam fastball usage, it has gone up from 29.3%, 22 to 46% last season. So bottom line with him is I love the fact that He's got electric stuff. A lot of lefties, we can see them be a little crafty at times, 
right? Julio Arias didn't have the most explosive fastballs about inducing soft contact for him. He strikes out a ton, throws hard, and I absolutely would like to see the Dodgers pursue him as a possible trade piece if you strike out on Yamamoto. And I absolutely love the idea. Let me know down below in the comment section what are your thoughts, and then in our next segment, we're going to talk about Mr. Shane Bieber. But Luzardo, I'm telling you, this guy's got gas. As far as prospect capital, though, you're going to have to part ways. I mean, we're talking a Miguel Vargas, a Cartaya, a Bush, a Frasso. You're going to have to include multiple top prospects because he's under three years of team control. He's one of the best left-handed pitchers in the league, and he has that explosive pitch profile that plays up in the postseason, and that is what teams are after in this day and age of Major League Baseball. So let's go down below in the comment section. I want all your thoughts on Luzardo. Bring back Ted Lilly. That's from Heaven Tide to see you later. Dan, am I the only one that wants Kershaw to leave? I'm over him taking his time to decide on what he wants to do every offseason. Look, he has deserved, he has earned the right to go out on his terms. Luzardo is nasty. That's from Carnivorous Lunar Activity. Vargas is a bust. That's from Daniel Finn. I think it's still very young to be considered a bust. I mean, I don't see people saying that about Michael Bush, and Vargas's numbers are better than Bush, and he's two years younger. So, I mean... I'm not guaranteeing he's going to be good. And the statistics will show you that pretty much 70% of these guys don't go on to have great big league careers. So if you want to bet on a prospect to not perform and be a bust, that would be the safer bet. I like this from JC Jorge Soler for cheap. We need a power bat. He's clutching the postseason. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, you got too many guys blocking that DH spot because you got Otani this year and you got, Max Muncy and look, I mean, I talked about on yesterday's show uh, in the event that you had Otani playing the outfield towards the end of the season and you made some miraculous trade for Nolan Arenado, you look to upgrade the third base possession defensively. It still doesn't make sense because you would probably move Max Muncy to the DH spot. So Solaire is not going to be an option. I love Solaire power, but it just doesn't make sense for this roster build. Yeah, Luzardo ain't too bad. That's from Justin Lombus over there. Bring back Ryu for Mr. Death. Padres want Luzardo to replace Snell. That's from Dodgers 2020. I think that'd be a great replacement for any team looking for a power left-handed pitcher. Shohei, we got Dave S. Burns, Cease, or Luzardo. Should be the trade targets in that order. Burns, Cease. Yeah, I mean, sounds like you've definitely been watching this show for sure. I mean, Burns is the top target, but... If you talk to people around, if you read the reports, the Brewers aren't actively shopping him right now. So that means that they haven't even been exchanging names for him. The Brewers find a way to compete in a weak division, the NL Central. It's not like the Cubs were able to sign Otani. They could very realistically win that division. And at that point, you got Peralta, you got Burns. And I think if anything, you might see them trade him during the season. So that's always an option and you look at Cease, same situation. I think he's Cease is going to get traded this offseason. I'm very confident in saying that. But you got to wait for the Yamamoto signing to occur before that starts to intensify. Justin Lamas, yeah, Luzardo ain't too bad. They're not in on Sneller, Montgomery, and Freed ain't a free agent till next year. Yeah, our boy Max Freed out in Atlanta, Harvard Westlake's own. That would kind of put them out of that mix if they're Going to try to completely secure their rotation next season. Hard pass on Bieber. DMAC in the chat. Yeah, what's up? 
Um, what about Michael Kopech? John Lee Cease will go to the Braves. That's from Isaiah. Dave Roberts, greater than sign Darvin Ham. Hey, at least, uh, at least Dave Roberts doesn't have pockets on his Dodgers uniform to put his hands in. Um, Belly going to the Jays. I would say the Jays are the best bet. The Blue Jays absolutely need a left-handed bat, and they struck out on Shohei Otani. What's up, D-Mac? I just smashed that like button. Go Dodgers. What up, Clayton, over there? We need at least two more starting pitchers, and the World Series is set. So, yeah, we're going to continue this conversation on starting pitchers and who they could trade for, who they could sign if they do not sign sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And then later, how great could this Dodgers lineup be with Shohei Otani. What could this lineup look like? How historically great could they be? On paper, it's one of the best of all time already. But that's coming up next here on Dodgers Dugout Live. What up, Dodgers Nation? D-Mag here. I'm here to remind you that if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, hype videos, interviews, breakdowns, live streams, and more all year long. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. And if you really want to help the channel out, smash that like button. Also, you will not be eligible for any of our giveaways unless you are subscribed to the channel. So all you need to do to be eligible for all of our giveaways is just make sure that you are subscribed. We just gave away a brand new authentic Mookie Betts jersey valued at over $350. And we got tons of giveaways coming this offseason. So be sure to be subscribed so you are eligible to to win. And as always, think blue, play blue, and please subscribe. Dodgers dugout live presented by the Dodgers nation app. If you have a phone and you do not download that Dodgers nation app, what are you doing? This is the most exciting time to ever be a Dodgers fan. This is going to be the most anticipated Dodgers season in franchise history. Download the app for all things, Dodger baseball, everything we got going on here at Dodgers nation, news, rumors, videos, stories, giveaways, all that you're going to see down below in the app. We got some cool games in there as well. Also Christmas is coming. You definitely want to, Give the gift of Dodger baseball with some Dodgers gear. Go to gearup.la for the freshest, most fire Dodgers t-shirts in the game. And like I said, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, be sure to do so and hit that like button for your Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, moving on here, we're going to talk about some other options. We got DMAC, Will, Peter, Fairbanks playing 20. I get some of those random questions here. I love it. Arias is done. I'll be back from Andrew. Eric, Yamamoto comes with an additional Japanese trade fees, $300 million is a $47 million fee. Yeah, you're basically going to have to give close to, it'll, it'll be a little, just very slight less than $47 million, but it will be up there as far as the posting fee. But really how teams look at it is they look at the overall number and what that is included in it. So I wouldn't worry too much about the posting fee. It's not going to be a massive obstacle for teams like the Dodgers and the Mets and the Yankees that are already heavily invested in bringing them over. from our boyfriend, Cisco Diaz. You know, I got to give you a comment of the day for this one. We got D-Max, not bagging at all, but I have 100% confidence. You can build a package for C's. All you need to do is interview a few of the top prospects, and the Dodgers will more than likely trade them away. Okay, so you want me to play my part in trying to build their profile up? All right, sweet. I'll get Michael Bush on tomorrow. Maybe we'll just get Diego Cartaya back on here. You got a signature. So, yeah, I'll do my part to try to increase their trade value. You know, it's very interesting you bring it up because a few weeks ago in Tennessee, after Dave Roberts kind of went full Dave Roberts and quote-unquote spilled the beans, which I told you at the time it was going to mean nothing, which it hasn't. Apologies to Dave Roberts, to everyone out there who was trying to blame him for the Otani madness. 
What I did hear, though, was that saying that Mookie Betts was going to be your everyday second baseman was more problematic. And for this reason that you're bringing up, Francisco, the fact that you don't want to say Mookie is your everyday second baseman. You still want to give as much leverage to the Dodgers as you possibly can. And you want to say Michael Bush and Miguel Vargas and some of these young players could be potential options. You don't want to show your cards early or do anything that could impact you from a leverage standpoint. But yeah, I'm definitely going to try to get some more prospects in. Like I said, locking down Tyler Glass now for later in the week. I'm going to try to get Otani on some pal. I don't know. Who knows? Are his DMs open? We'll see. We got a thanks air. We got now he's not coming back. Yeah, I don't think so either. I agree with you on that one. Jay Lee glass now gets 28 million a year. Then what is 25 year old phenom worth 40 million times 10 years, 400 million. Look, but Jay Lee, there is the unknown factor. Look, he's already going to set a record for the most money ever spent on a player. That's never pitched an inning at the big league level right? That is where Yamamoto is at. But yeah, that's what makes him unique. Typically, when you have Japanese pitchers that come over, they're going to be older, closer to 30. He's 25 in the absolute prime of his career. That's what makes this such an intriguing possibility. DMAC, did you see Glasnow's comments on his injuries? I did see that, and I found it very fascinating learning about the synthetic Tommy John surgery and how he feels better than ever. I think there's a world where as good as Tyler Glasnow has been when he's on the mound and the stats back it up that he has been one of the best pitchers on the planet when he's been healthy, I still think there's a world where his best years are ahead of him because he finally did get Tommy John surgery. The rehab went well. He's got the newer Tommy John surgery. It's like Tommy John 2.0, and he's not waking up sore after starts. He doesn't, like he said yesterday, have to do a million things just to get warm for a start. So, I'm very encouraged by what he said about his injuries. And really, for the most part, they've been overblown. Last year, the oblique, I think the arm was always kind of where it was centered around. And the reality is he got that surgically repaired. And from a velocity and stuff standpoint, he's already been back to where he was. DMAC, I'm listening on vacation. That's from Spencer. Hey, hope you enjoy your vacation. Thanks for rocking with us as always. Can we trade Margot for a Rosarena? That's a finish. Finish Yeah, who says no, right? Who says no? Margot... I mean, come on now. Margot's getting $10 million a year. That's five Shohei Otanis. I mean, come on now. A little overpaid at that price, if you ask me. No, but seriously, next guy they could trade for, if you don't get Yamamoto, is Shane Bieber. A lot of you guys are believers out there. You want to see the UC Santa Barbara Gaucho back in Southern California pitching for the Dodgers. And Shane Bieber, of course, they were... I mean, he was one of the best pitchers in the league, right? And, of course, he won the Cy Young a few years ago. I've seen people out there saying that Shane Bieber is a sticky stuff merchant. That's not the case. It's not that he was a sticky stuff merchant. It's that the velocity has dropped. He's not the same guy that he was when he won the Cy Young in 2020, when the velocity was better, when the strikeout rate was sky high. And... The other thing, too, he's been dinged up. He hasn't finished two of the last three seasons with injuries. He had a shoulder injury. He's had an arm injury. The fastball velocity continues to drop. And you look at the strikeout rates. The strikeout rates, they're very concerning. 
when it comes to Shane Beaver's strikeout rate in each season from 2020 has gone down. It was 14.2 per nine in 2020, 12.5 in 2021, 8.9 in 2022 and 7.5 last season. So those are well below league average. You look at his numbers last year at a 380 ERA, pretty solid, not bad sub four ERA, but if you look at some of the expected numbers that are based on quality of contact, they speak to a lot of good luck. They point to the fact he had some good luck last year. 477 expected ERA. So I don't love it. I mean, he's got one year of team control remaining. So you kind of run into the same issue with Tyler Glass now, where if you part ways with some of these prospects, are you going to get him on an extension? And would you even want to extend him? I think the answer to that would be no, based on what this organization prioritizes with pitchers that are coming their way. He has been productive, but he, he has not been the, the Shane Bieber that we saw in his Cy Young winning year. But they're looking for outfield prospects. You would get him for a lot less than Dylan C. So that's really the con the, the pro is that he would be coming at a much more discounted rate than let's say a Burns or a Cease or a Luzardo or even a Mitch Keller because he's on one year of team control. His stuff has been diminished. His effectiveness has been diminished. And Cleveland, they're pretty smart and sensible with the way they trade and develop pitchers. So I, me personally, in the words of Randy Jacks, that's a no for me, dog, when it comes to Shane Bieber, it would not be my top choice. He hasn't been good since 2020 2021 and i think that with one more year of team control he's not the answer he's not a one two or three starter now in major league baseball the dodgers can do better with their prospect capital and their resources but let me know down below in the comment section are you high on the idea of the dodgers trading for luzardo i mean for shane bieber for me it's burns sees luzardo like someone said it said a couple of months ago, and it still is the case right there. Yamamoto, Randy, and Hader. Hepatitis C later. Only way Otani comes out of the pen is to close out seven. I've talked to people about the idea of him as a bullpen piece, Shohei Otani, and that doesn't make a ton of sense because when you're a starter and you're pitching every fifth or sixth day, you can build a routine around that, and that's going to be difficult to do for Otani in the regular season, having him coming out of the bullpen because you don't know how many runs the Dodgers are going to score on a given night. And with the explosiveness and how potent they are, they're probably going to lead the league in runs scored or be close to it. So are you going to use them in high leverage situations, right? So it doesn't make a ton of sense. Only time you're going to see Otani come out of the bullpen is if it's similar to the WBC where he's coming out to get the final three outs like he did when he struck out his former teammate, Mike Trout. But well, we're going to switch gears and we're going to talk about some other names too. We talked about Imanaga yesterday. Like I said, Imanaga, not a ton of video on him. I do. I mean, the big pro for me on Imanaga, he gets outs and he misses bats in the strike zone. He paints corners. He forces hitters into weak contact. The strikeout rate is high. The walk rate is low. But like I said, he's the NPB Lance Lynn right? Allowed 17 home runs. By the way, Lance Lane just gave up another home run, right? So I'm not so sure I want to do that. There is no comparison between Imanaga and Yamamoto. Yamamoto is a one. Imanaga is a three at best and possibly a four in the show. So that's the other thing. 
And I also get a lot of questions about do they need a lefty? Like I said, you don't need a lefty. You don't need to force a lefty in this rotation. If it's a Luzardo and it happens to be a dynamic lefty that fits the profile of their mix as far as guys who are high-powered, high-velocity, high-octane pitchers, that's fine. But you don't have to force it just for the sake of being a lefty. And now why is that? Because if you're a starting pitcher in general and you're one of the better starting pitchers, you're going to have balanced splits. Because that's not the case, you're going to be a reliever, right? That's why there's relievers, and that's why handedness is more significant when it comes to bullpen pieces. Because you're playing platoon matchups, lefties and righties. If you look at the splits for the Dodgers starters, Glasnow, 681 OPS against lefties, 667 against righties. Bueller, 609 against Lefties, 602 against righties. Bobby Miller, 609 against lefties, 692 against righties. So all sub-700 OPSs, and that's where you're going to see. When you get a quality starting pitcher, there's a really good chance that those splits, for the most part, are going to be balanced. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. The approach I would have is let's get as many quality starting pitchers as we can. If one of them happens to be a lefty, fine. That's great. If you're running into a team that has a, a lot of lefties or, you know, it's like a Matt Olson situation, the Braves, maybe that gives you a, somewhat of an advantage. But like I said, you're going for quality. And we've also seen this rotation years past with Julio and Kirsch, right? A lot of lefties, Tyler Anderson a couple years ago. So a lot of times you see a lot of shifts. I mean, early 90s, the Dodgers were essentially all right-handed pitchers. So throughout the course of time, you're going to see more righties because they're just more right-handed pitchers in general. So I would not worry too much about that. But next segment, we're going to wrap this one up with the Dodgers lineup right now with Shohei Otani. Historically, how great could this lineup be? Could they go down as the greatest lineup of all time? Well, bring my facts to the fight, did some digging yesterday, and Mookie, Freddie, and Otani. I think it's probably going to be Mookie, Otani, Freddie because Otani's speed and the fact that the two and the three, they're going to be able to manufacture runs with Freddie in the three, and he had 29 home runs and 59 doubles last season. They're not going to miss any power there. I like Otani with the speed and athleticism there in the two-hole, but I wouldn't be surprised him with the three. But still, Mookie, Otani, and Freddie, they have a chance to be the greatest one, two, three in Major League Baseball history. If you look at their numbers last season, Mookie had a 167 weighted runs created plus. Freeman, a 163 weighted runs created plus. Otani, a 180 weighted runs created plus, right? If you look at that right there, there's only been 19 times in Major League Baseball history where you've had three players on the same team with a weighted runs created plus of 150 or higher. And in this case, you have Mookie, Freddie, and Otani all well above 150. Now, if you increase that number to 160, that number drops even more. There's only five in big league history. Only five teams in big league history have had a lineup that featured three players with a weighted runs created plus of 160 or more. So that means 60% above league average, where 100 is league average. And we're talking about some of the greatest teams and players of all time. We're talking about the Giants with Willie Mays, the Yankees with Babe Ruth, the Mariners with Ken Griffey Jr. That is the potential of this lineup. Now, if you expand upon that, you look at offensive war, just offensive war as a whole. In history, 
There's only been seven players last year, seven players last year, major league baseball that had seven, that had six offensive war or more. You had Acuna junior Olsen, Seager, Soto Betts, Freeman and Otani in the history of major league baseball. We've seen three teammates on the same team with a six or more offensive war nine times. Hasn't happened since 2007 on the Yankees with A-Rod, Jeter, and Posada. Before that, was the Cardinals with Pujols, Edmonds, and Roland. Before that, 0-2 Yankees, John B., Bernie Williams, Alfonso Soriano. Then, one of my favorite teams ever, the 96-97 Mariners did it with Griffey, Edgar Martinez, and A-Rod. Then you go all the way back to the 63 Giants, Mays, Orlando Cepeda, Willie McCovey, and then the 42 Yankees, 29 Yankees, and the 27 Yankees with Gary, Ruth, and Combs. So if this one, two, three even performs at a lesser production rate of last year, they would still go down as one of the best one, two, threes in the history of major league baseball. And they have the potential to be the best of all time. I see people out there saying, Oh, Otani joining the Dodgers is like KD joining the warriors. It's not the case because KD wasn't the best player in the NBA at the time. Only comp you could make is if you had LeBron joining the Heat when he did, right? That's the only app comparison because LeBron was the undisputed best player on the planet. Otani's the undisputed best player on the planet. That's the only app comparison unless you say Michael Jordan may be joining the Kobe and Shaq Lakers or someone like that because that's what kind of territory we're at with Shohei Otani. So you should absolutely be over the moon and excited about this because I told you earlier that I think that Glasnow's best days could be ahead of him. Same thing could be the case with Shohei Otani because last year Otani had a career high on base percentage at 412, slugging percentage at 654. He hit 304. He was in the 300, 400, 500 club for the first time in his career. So the reality is Otani's trending upwards at the plate. I don't think he's peaked as a player. I think playing alongside some of his current teammates and having a deeper lineup, he's only going to be better next year. He's going to be focusing just at the DH spot at the plate. But let me know down below in the comments section, what does your one through nine look like? What does your one through nine look like? Me, I got Mookie, Otani, Freddie, Smitty, Muncie, CT3, Altman, Margot, Lux, some iteration of that. As you can see right there, too many left-handed batters in the lineup for the most part. That's why I still think that even after they address another starting pitch, you have to add another right-handed bat to truly put the last piece of the puzzle for this offseason. But let me know down below in the comments section, what does your one through nine look like? I got a super chat here from uh, Oral Sachs. Says, <laughs> that's a really, that's a bruh name there. I'm about to give the bruh. Bruh. There you go. But uh, the 2021 Dodgers on paper should have been the best. This new lineup will actually perform better. Yeah, I mean, you had Trey, you had Mookie, you had Freddie. There's no doubt about it. But let's be honest. Trey, is he a Hall of Famer? At this stage of his career, he has to have a lot of good years to be in that conversation. Otani legitimately is a unicorn. The most unique player we've ever seen. He could be baseball's Michael Jordan if he pulls off a dynasty in L.A., which is absolutely possible. Luzardo pivot if Yamamoto not into the plans. D-Mac Miranda says hi. What's up, Miranda? From Mitchell over there. Otani is LeBron of baseball. Showtime fans. Chico Dopeness. That's a unique name. <laughs> uh, 2017 Dodgers were the best 
of the last 10 years. I think, I think they were better than the sum of their parts, right? I think collectively as a group, the chemistry they had, the grit they showed, it was new at the time as far as getting to the World Series and the fight they displayed. Kirsch was in a much better place. That was a really, really good team. But as far as top-end talent, who were the top five to ten players in Major League Baseball that year? And you didn't have a lot of Dodgers offensively on that team. This is a whole different makeup as far as the roster build. This is true superstars of the game. I hate the word. I hate when people throw out the word superstar lightly because I don't think there's a lot of them. Dodgers legitimately have three superstars on their team. And they have the biggest superstar of all time in Otani. But a couple more here, then we will end this episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. So give me your hottest takes down below in the comments section. Give me that spicy, hot take, whatever you got down below, and I'll read it. Little bottom of the ninth action, two outs, bases loaded. 199 from nine inch pincher. Just throwing my name out there as well. Okay. Your name will be that. We need a Rose Reynas from Pablo Ramos. Otani, Freddie Mookie, that's from BC. So you got Otani hitting leadoff. Very interesting there, BC. And a great bowler in bets. Ouch. Hello, DMAC, Robert Yamamotani. Did I read that right? Make it happen from Justin Lamas. Dave S. The Yankees announced that they have claimed infielder Jeter Downs off waivers from the Nationals. So great example. I mean, you saw the Dodgers pick up Sweeney in the Victor Gonzalez trade and... Who knows? Maybe that he develops into a contributor or someone they can flip because Jeter Downs, of course, he was included in one of the biggest trades in Dodgers history, right? Marcus Lynn Betts. Burns has never won the postseason. Trade Roberts for Rosarena. D-Mac, I was watching a Blue Jays pod because I was bored and he had an Angels fan guest. They were so salty towards the Dodgers. Let me just sip some of those Blue Jays fans and Angels fans tears right now, guys. Ah, so refreshing. So refreshing. But uh, point to the fence, baby. <laughs> D-Mac, what up, champ? No dancing in 2024. That's an interesting conversation. Are we going to do the Freddie dance? I think every year just you have to let it happen organically, right? But, yeah, team chemistry. You know how I spell fun? W-I-N. Just win, baby. Uh, Yoshi starting the Dodgers dynasty today. Luzardo would be an awesome Pick up in Dodger Blue. That's from John Ball. Freddie Otani, Mookie. Hot take. If Roberts is still the manager, we won't get far in the postseason. Bear. That's why we say Doc has to win two to win one for some of these fans out there. And I think it's going to be a big test for Dave. I do think that managing the egos and the fact that this is a team that's a rock star team out there. Jorge Renteria, DMAC thoughts about training Luzardo if we don't get Yamamoto. I'm going to spend a good 20 minutes talking about that today. So just scrub back in the episode, my guy. 24 is Kobe's year. It's destiny. That's a comment of the day, especially after Kobe. That was the highlight of the pitch meeting. Kobe, uh, Kobe's recruitment of him come to join the Dodgers because they're the best baseball franchise in the world. But that's going to do it, guys. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on the X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. Be sure to drop more comments down below. Your thoughts on Luzardo. What should the Dodgers do if they do not sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto? I want all your takes down below in the comment section. I got a last second super chat here, so I want to show you some love. 499 from 9-inch pincher. Also, let's get you to the June 7th Friday night Yankees-Dodgers opener in the Bronx. I'll be there repping Studio City. All right, man. Love me some Yankee Stadium. I love me some NYC for sure. Oh, I like we got some breaking news here late. This is from JR. 
Oh, Lance Lynn signs with the Dodgers for $500 million for 11 years. Wow, that's, that'll be one home run for every one million for one, every home run that he serves up. That's a great contract for him. Lynn's statue coming, officially falling off the rails here. So that's going to do it. Remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. Until next time, think blue, bleed blue. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.